Welcome to my podcast. My name is Jamin Gerker. I'm a realtor in South Central Alaska, and my mission is to help people build intentional and significant legacies for themselves and their families by coaching them in real estate. And today, we're very lucky to be joined by uh, Paul Martz from the Department of Labor uh, with, the, with the state of Alaska to talk about um, a couple articles he wrote recently talking about the 10-year projections for what we see for a lot of the, the job prospects and the different industries up here in Alaska. That was published in October 2022 in the Alaska Trends Magazine. So, Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So let's let's go ahead and just jump into it real quick. Um, you wrote a couple of really good articles here, kind of talking about the the ten year projection for a lot of the different industries. Um, what, in a nutshell, would you say the overall projections are for you know, a lot of the industries that we are looking at? Yeah, so maybe back up a little bit. Um, the uh, the period we're looking at is twenty 2020 twenty to twenty thirty. So obviously that's got the pandemic uh, baked into it in that base year. So the answer to that question really depends on where your starting point is. Um, because of the pandemic, we ended up looking. Um, it, it, I guess a different benchmark or reference here, and this is something we wouldn't normally do. So. From if we're looking from 2020 to 2030, you have uh, some substantial growth numbers, um, but those are primarily uh, because employment losses were so big in that year. So if your starting point is you know artificially reduced, and you're looking out 10 years from there, you're gonna you're gonna capture the growth of all those jobs that are gonna come back as you recover from that shock, plus whatever normal growth you would have. So. Yeah, again, if you're looking at 2020, you have a lot of growth in a lot of industries that were impacted by the pandemic, leisure and hospitality, things like that, that stand out, retail trade, they would be seeing, you know, double digit percentage growth where normally they wouldn't have anywhere near that. And then if you look at 2019, um, you, you see a little bit, if we go from 2019 to 2030, you see the more typical types of uh, change. Um, and again, that that's that's in the article uh, in Trends. And yeah, so it's sort of your typical, I'm going to go from like, you know, 2019, um, your your typical growth industries are there, healthcare, things like that. Uh, overall, we don't have a, a, a very um, high percentage growth expected for the state. And that's sort of been following the trends for the last few years and last few rounds of projections. So in just terms of like strictly new jobs, um, we're looking at a 2019 to 2030 change of 4.2%, I think was the uh, overall. And then um, that, you know, there's a there's a big detailed table. We we start the projections off looking at almost 200 individual industries, um, and then those get rolled up into the broader categories. So yeah, like I said, the, the, the finer details available in the article, and th there's too many for me to remember off the top of my head. Um, but uh, yeah, the... But the, the industries that have been growing um, the most over the previous decade were, would be uh, mostly uh, healthcare, um, uh, mining, uh, like um, so non-oil and gas related mining. So mineral mining has also been uh, pretty strong. And uh, those would be the standouts. The other one that comes to mind would be agriculture, which is a little silly when you talk about that for Alaska. Um, well, not silly, I guess. It's just different than most places. Um, we don't have a big, what you would consider an agriculture uh, industry or sector. But within that, we had the legalization of marijuana 2016-2017 timeframe. There was a little bit of lag when like the rules and all that, but the uh, 
the uh, marijuana component uh, of that sector has had pretty substantial growth. It's small numbers. Again, you know, you're, you're talking just hundreds of jobs, which is, you know, relatively small. Um, but then when you look at it in percentage terms, it's very impressive. You know, like we're talking like, you know, uh, sub substantial uh, <laughs> um, growth rates that uh, we don't usually ever see uh, in, in Alaska. But uh, yeah, so like, you know, small numbers, but big percentage change. And that's, that's primarily the result of uh, marijuana legalization. And uh, we have a little bit of a hedge on that one for this round of projections. We saw growth there from 2019 to 2020, when a lot of industries were losing jobs, obviously. And it, the, the trajectory has been so steep it's really hard to say whether or not it's going to continue at that rate or if there's some, uh, you know, I refer to it as a market saturation in the article and with a little bit more, a few, you know, a couple more years uh, data now, it's really starting to look like maybe it's bending down a little bit. Um, so we might not see that exact level of growth, but it does look like it's going to continue to add jobs. Um, so as a ramble. Yeah, it's it's probably not going to be the the big employer like healthcare anytime soon. No, no, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, oh, it's not funny. I guess like you know, it's it's understanding. People will see the 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 percentage number and they get very excited about it, especially if they're advocates for it or you know interested in it. Um, it's you know, it, it makes sense to 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 grab the thing that's kind of shiny, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a small number of jobs. You're not talking. Uh, yeah, it uh, it really is a case study, and you can really get the data to say whatever it is you want it to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. It's yeah. If you're again, you know, if you're in the advocacy realm of things, you know, of course you're going to grab the percentage instead of the the level value change, the numeric change. But you know, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, because I I remember looking at that and seeing it was like added. I think he added like seventy three jobs or something like that in the marijuana industry, and I was like, oh, okay, we're not talking. No, thousands no, of, of growers mm, suddenly. Okay. So, no, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, that, I mean, again, like I don't have the specifics off my, there's too many numbers to commit to memory here, but yeah, that's, I think that was the change from 19 to 20 was yeah. 73 jobs. Gotcha. But the big growth is kind of coming in the healthcare industry. And I saw somewhere also, it was like a lot of um, like business administrative kind of positions are, are really the, the things that are on the uptick. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, right. Um, I think we might be crossing wires slightly there. Uh, so the, the way we do this is we look at the industry, which is just strictly employment. So jobs in industries. And then the other component of is, is the occupations. So when we're looking at, um, administrative, uh, and, um, uh, those office types of jobs, they are, it's a big category of occupations and they are projected to have the most openings and a lot of growth there. But that is, um, that's really because they're just a component of every industry. So all the industries that are seeing growth are going to have those types of occupations. Um, so they kind of stand out as a little bit different than a, an occupation that's maybe specific to an industry. Um, so the, those occupations are going to have the same trajectory that the industry that they're most associated with has. But like if you have a really broad set of occupations, like accountants, for instance, they're in every industry, right? So they have some stability um, in that diversity across all industries. But if you're a, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the example I, I usually throw out there is. Um, uh, let's say you're like a, you know, a, an oil and gas service job, you know, type of thing. Well, you're you're really going to depend on the fluctuations of, uh, of that industry. So the occupation is going to be more 
uh, you know, distinctly attached to the performance of the oil and gas industry itself because they don't exist in, you know, any other industries, if that makes sense. Um, no, no. I mean, absolutely. Uh, one thing I did notice kind of looking at the data, you know, mm -hmm. as of October 22, when this came out, I did mm -hmm. see that there were about 20,000 less jobs um, that we had prior to COVID, you know, occurring. So I believe that was 2019. So why do you believe it is that there are, maybe it's less jobs, but less people working. So, you know, what do you believe are, are, you know, is really driving that right now? That was the most current, uh, October, 2022 employment data, or was that something from the article? Uh, that, that was something from the article, but it came out okay. in October, 2022. So that, that might actually have even been like prior to that, but yeah. either way. Um, yeah, I, you know, I get the gist of what you're saying. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things we've been looking at and there was a lot of speculation, I think in general about the worker shortage and why we're down so many jobs. Honestly, um, you know, it's kind of a little bit of everything. And I know that's a kind of a non-answer, but uh, I think that's the reality. You have just, um, you know, some of these, some of these industries just haven't recovered. Um, it's just been a, a or, or it's a slower recovery than we were, you know, expecting. Um, but things like oil and gas, it's a little bit different, you know, um, there's maybe some structural things there that are resulting in, uh, you know, why you haven't seen them recover. And I, I don't necessarily think that's a lack of workforce availability for them. I think it's just decision-making by large firms um, and their planning process is longer term and, you know, how they're dealing with the post-COVID situations. It's different than, you know, uh, how a leisure and hospitality type of firm would, would you know, operate. Um, and then the, the demand for those services is different. So, um, you know, retail, I think, yeah, you have some, maybe some issues with, availability of labor force um, or um, just changes in the labor force, uh, who's working and, uh, and and then being able to attract those workers. Um, but, you know, it's, there, you know, you see stuff like uh, we did a study and it was, I don't remember the exact parameters on it, but I think it was I don't remember the years, maybe now it was post COVID, maybe 21, 22. Uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, we saw just in our administrative records, we saw that there were a lot of people that were in the um, older age group dropped out of labor force and they never, they didn't really return at the same rate that the other um, age groups that dropped out and came back. So early retirement seemed to be kind of a big factor. Uh, Childcare has been thrown out. Um, is a really big reason for why you don't necessarily have as much, uh, you know, uh, availability of labor. Um, people are 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 kind of in a, a bind with that. Um, so I, I, you know, those are probably the big biggest ones. Um, we have some, you know, maybe demographic changes that are occurring uh, nationally and in the state. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't have any like you know specific. Uh, direct answer to the question. I think it's uh, a lot of people are struggling with, with, uh, you know, the, uh, finding the exact reasons for that. Are there any specific demographic changes that are impacting Alaska more so than other States? Um, I don't think so. I mean, we have had 
you know, this is not my expertise. Um, so I'm sort of just pulling from memory here. Uh, we have had negative net uh, migration. So we've had less people moving into the state than we've had people moving out for the past, I want to say, I don't know exactly, I don't know exactly the specific time period, but it, it, the last like, oh, maybe, maybe decade. Um, don't, don't quote me on that. But um, yeah, so we always, we, I mean, we've always had a big influx of people coming and going, but for the last, you know, however many years we've had less people moving in than moving out, which isn't necessarily like a specifically a demographic thing, you know, that's all age groups. But um, yeah, I mean, we have sort of the same problem that, um, you know, other states have with, uh, you know, aging of the population, you know, have these big um, generational, you know, slugs of people moving through. So boomers, you know, they're all getting into that, you know, the, the tail end of the baby, the baby boomers is aging up in towards, you know, retirement ages. And then you have what uh, Gen X in the middle, right? I think. Yep. And then, and then you have millennials. And so like, you know, Gen X is a smaller, you know, population of people. And so if you have these positions that the baby boomers were holding are a lot of those, well, if they're retiring and, you know, like you don't have necessarily the population that's going to fill those, those jobs. So maybe some of those jobs go away. Businesses have to change, um, change their organizational structure or how they operate to, to deal with that. You know, it's, there's, there's lots of dynamics with, with that. And I, I think that'll probably continue to be something that the country struggles with. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't, it's not insurmountable. Like it's, it's, it's a normal thing. It's happened in the past. You know, you have, it's just sort of a population dynamics problem and it just takes time to resolve. And, you know, technology is one of the things that have, has helped in the past, but um, again, yeah, it's not so in short. Yeah. Right. Sorry. I ramble. Uh, no, not not a specific Alaska problem, but you know, more just a broad national problem too. Maybe maybe some, maybe some issues that are you know kind of unique to Alaska, but you know, not anything that's new, I guess. Gotcha. So I know you're not really an expert in these other states, but in the one of the charts in the report, I mean, one thing that was kind of shown was that um, Alaska is just recovering at a much slower rate than a lot of other states. Um, and like at, like right there near the top, you've got like Utah, Idaho, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of these states that are just recovering very quickly from COVID to the point where it's like, it couldn't even tell that it happened. Yeah. Um, are there any hypotheses, hypotheses about, you know, why that is? Uh, I mean, you could probably manufacture some, but, uh, I think, the simplest answer is that they they were growing at a faster rate prior to the pandemic. Um, and so, you know, they had that trajectory going into it and they just sort of result, you know, re return to that after, you know, you have uh, Idaho, Utah, Montana, Texas, Arizona, you know, uh, Florida. I'm just looking at the chart. Um, yeah, I mean, they were they were, you know, they were growing at pretty fast clip. Um, prior. So yeah, I think you just had a, uh, a return to that after afterwards. Um, I don't know exactly, you know, that there's been, I guess it's just, you know, speculation on why, you know, Idaho and Utah were, were growing, but I think, you know, they have kind of a, a growing tech sector, a lot of it, or, you know, some 
you know, this maybe is more in your wheelhouse, uh, real estate availability or lower cost options that are attractive to people um, in the rest of the Mountain West states that are, you know, maybe can't afford or aren't interested in moving to the one of the, you know, tech cities that are prohibitively expensive. Um, so if you have opportunities in Idaho or Utah, you would take those. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, I would say that's a solid hypothesis. Uh, one thing I've noticed is that where there are more people, there are going to be more job opportunities and more growth. So I, I kind of suspect, I mean, obviously correlation doesn't create causation, so on and so forth. But if you have a ton of people moving into an area, then it's not going to be a shocker to anyone if suddenly you see job growth just yeah, shoot totally. through the roof. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. You have a primary industry, you know, I guess probably tech would be that. And then if you have a big group of people moving there for that, yeah, you're going to obviously spin off a bunch of secondary industries to support, you know, support services for those folks. So yeah, you end up with a kind of a snowball effect. Yeah. And I suspect if you, if you put those migration maps, like right over the top of what these job growth recovery projections are, mm -hmm. I suspect you'd probably would see they, uh, they mirror each other pretty closely. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, like I said, yeah, even prior to the pandemic, the migration numbers were, were substantial for those, those states. Right. I mean, one thing that was also brought up in the report, and I think this kind of goes back to what you were mentioning before, but the number of job openings becoming available mm -hmm. up here in Alaska, seems like they're coming more from just job separation. Someone just deciding, yeah, um, this isn't for me anymore. I'm going to go work somewhere else. Uh -huh. and less from just entirely new positions being created. So yeah, that, yeah sorry to interrupt. Yeah, um, that's the biggest takeaway from from the uh, projections itself is that, you know, when people think of job opportunities, a lot of times they think that, oh, it has to be new jobs. Well, that's not really how economies work and, labor, you know, labor markets work. There's a lot of, lack of a better word, I don't really like using this, but I end up kind of falling back on it, but like churn, you know, uh, just think about maybe your own experience working, you know, you're not in the same job probably that you started off in and most people aren't. So that, that churning, uh, within the labor force ends up creating a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot more uh, openings than, than new jobs or growth jobs. Um, so it's just this sort of, uh, you know, uh, shifting, constant shifting or dynamics within, within, uh, you know, the, the, the labor market. So we have, um, we we call them separations. So the, uh, it's you know tr people transferring um, an occupation. So if you were a uh, retail salesperson, maybe you transfer to an occupation uh, is the the manager, uh, you know, a, a retail manager. Or maybe you um, do something completely different. Uh, maybe you go into doing construction. You you become a construction helper. Whatever. So that's one component of those separation openings. And the other one is just exits. So that is the retirement that you talked about. Um, and that's probably the biggest component of labor force exits, uh, creating openings. So people leaving the labor force completely creates an opening in that occupation. So if you have a bunch of uh, engineers that are all, you know, in the higher age bracket, as soon as they retire, you know, it, they're going to create openings for new engineers potentially. So you have the, Transfers and exits. Um, exits can also be uh, people leaving the workforce for school or training. Um, so if you leave the labor force, go to college, 
um, you you will create uh, an opening because you've technically exited the labor force when you go to school. Most people. Um, so the uh, that's another little you know like a, a subgroup of those exits. So like retirement's are the biggest one, and then you have uh, you know some other reasons for people exiting. But uh, the other big one would be education and training. And then you know when you come back with that education, you're probably going to move from you know say you were doing retail or something like that. You know maybe you went to school to be an engineer, you're going to be an engineer. So there's like a, you know, pretty big change in the, that, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's substantially more, I think. Um, let's see, what was the numbers? I think separation. So exits and transfers we just talked about. So like the retirements and people leaving the labor force um, and moving into different other, other occupations is 36,000 openings per year. And uh for growth opening, so new jobs, what people kind of stereotypically think about um, for opening opportunities, that's really small. It's like uh, for if we look at 2019 to 2030, I think it's 1,300, 1,400 jobs per year, and that's average over the 10 years. Um, and then if we look from 2020 to 2030, which again has that really, really, really uh, deflated base year, um, it's like 4,000 jobs per year. And a lot of those would be, would have come back already, you know, just as a recovery from leisure and hospitality. So somewhere around there maybe as like a good metric for new jobs. But again, yeah, lots and lots and lots, way, 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 way more opportunities to enter the workforce in an occupation because someone else leaves that occupation. Yeah. So if you're looking to find a job, mm -hmm. I guess, is there any way you can use that information to try to get yourself into a position up here. Cause a lot of folks that are coming up here, they kind of get frustrated. Some of them just give up altogether. Um, I feel like we have a, a certain community, a sizable community that would move to Alaska if they could find work, but it's you know, just so hard for them to, to find work up here though. So is there any way you can kind of use that information to find anything? I mean, less of, you know, short of just calling everybody in the state and see who wants to leave or find another job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I mean, like, to, I think it makes sense to people, you know, like if, if you work retail, uh, you know, like intuitively that there's lots of openings because you see it. Um, and it's, it, yeah, like, so the, the, op you know, the, these are, explain it i would say no these aren't directly tied to like individual firms openings it's not that it's not it's not that uh discreet i guess um or specific it's it's more broad across the economy and the labor force and you know the way those are generated is with national data um so it's just sort of the the typical trends you see in these occupations um so again like retail obviously is going to have more separations than uh you know physicians for instance like when you become an engineer when you become a physician you're going to stick with that occupation for a lot longer um so i think depending on what the person's doing before they make the decision to move they might intuitively kind of know what might be available um and that's such like a, a personal decision and your own individual circumstance before you're making that kind of um that leap so I, I don't know what I would recommend, you know, people do is, you know, maybe, I mean, your, your normal sort of, uh, avenues you would go to for applying for jobs or, or, or looking for, you know, job postings and that kind of thing. I mean, if you have a really niche occupation, I feel like you kind of know where to look for 
for for for opportunities in that occupation and if you have more of a broad um occupation that kind of exists everywhere it's you know that that might be a little bit easier to to find something here um you know like maybe maybe if you were you know, like if you're looking at mining or oil and gas or something like that, it's pretty easy to find the the companies that are operating up here and see what they have for job postings. Um, we're not that big of a state. Uh, so that kind of stuff is, you know, maybe um, you could you could pretty narrowly or pretty easily narrow it down. Um, I don't really know how to answer that. Uh, yeah. Does that well, make I mean, sense? I don't know. I, I, I mean, it, just... it definitely does. One thing to keep in mind as we are talking about the the macro level here. So, I mean, we all say like the, the stats really mean nothing to the specific individual on the ground. And that definitely is the case. Um, what this does tell me is Alaska is a small town and probably networking is probably going to be your best tool. You need to sharpen up if you're trying to, to find a position that's pretty niche. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. not, uh, you know, maybe not go to the people specifically whose job you want, ask them when they're planning to quit, but you know, maybe, maybe. Right. I, mean, I, I don't think we're that small of a town, but yeah, there might be, there might be some occupations where you are talking like just a handful of people, but you know, if you're typically like uh, say you work in a specific industry, I think that's what most, how most people think about uh, kind of their career. Um, so yeah, if you're an oil and gas person, uh, you know, you might, you might look at Alaska a little differently than maybe your opportunities in other places, just depending on availability of jobs. But, you know, we do have, you know, some growth projected there. Um, and, you know, we, we've seen recently in the paper, obviously, you know, two of those big projects coming. So I think, and I don't know, I feel like that's kind of how people make decisions for m whether or not to move. But um, I mean, you, you, you probably deal with that more on, a, you know, an individual basis. I'm kind of looking at like, you know, aggregate statistics is, um, maybe a little hard to finesse out the, you know, the very, I don't know, I guess specific justifications or reasons or, um, you know, people, people do move. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about those, those projects that are in the newspaper? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, well the big ones are, and I, I think I, uh, did I talk about them? Yeah, I probably did. Um, in the industry article. So oil and gas, uh, it's been struggling in Alaska since 2015, like fourth quarter of 2016. We shed a lot of jobs. Uh, with, that was when oil prices went down um, substantially. And then we, so we had a little oil recession was kind of what we're referring to it as until about 2019, things started leveling out and we were kind of just barely inching up. And then obviously COVID happened. And then that really uh, put a stop to that. And, they, and the industry's continued to lose jobs since then. Um, so uh, the, um, uh, the, so yeah, our, so the, the specific projects that are kind of potentially coming are, uh, Pika, um, and then Willow, which is ConocoPhillips project, um, that is probably, it's been the, the news most recently. Um, and, uh, yeah, so those are some bright spots we see for those industries. Um, and how uh, big of, um, you know, how big of, a developments are these and where are they? So North Slope, obviously, um, so the the Willow Project is in the National Petroleum Reserve, uh, NPRA, and then uh, Pika is uh, on state land. And uh, I, I, 
like the specifics on like you know uh production numbers and things like that uh um i don't rem remember off top of there i mean there's substantial projects definitely more than anything the state's seen in, in quite a while um but employment impacts i think were i think both of the companies uh announced that maybe a few thousand uh jobs during the construction phase one or two thousand uh jobs and then operating jobs so after the construction and you know all the infrastructure is built and uh, so they so in the, you know they're just running the uh, the facilities i think we're a couple hundred per so 200 300 jobs maybe per project uh were what the companies were were uh were estimating and you know that that, that kind of you know that kind of jives with what um we would expect i think um you know, depending on the size and scope of the projects that, that happen up there on the North Slope. Right. And it's not just the the specific jobs up there on the slope, like you mentioned. It's also the support roles and, yeah, um, you know, they have to have somewhere to live, which then is going to employ, like, True. other people are going to maintain the buildings they're in. So it's kind of a trickle-down effect. Yeah, there's always secondary stuff. I'm just talking about the direct jobs. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, yeah, I mean, you have... A you know, couple hundred high-paying oil and gas jobs come to the states. It's not a bad thing, you know. It's it's uh yeah. I mean that that's going to have an effect on the areas where those people settle, and definitely on the real estate market. Yep, absolutely. So for the just looking at the ten-year projections, we are seeing growth. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely not booming, but you know we do see growth going up. Um, kind of looking. Kinda... Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I don't want to interrupt. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah. I mean, that's sort of the 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 typical level of growth we'd seen over the past, like like I said, uh, decade, um, with kind of having two recessions back to back. Um, so we're just talking like pretty pretty slow growth, and then even prior to that, we weren't really growing super fast, um, but just sort of plugging along a bit. Right. So what does that? Uh, just looking at the job market, what does that? Does that give you any any insights? Any nuggets of info you can um extrapolate about how the alaska economy is doing or is there really not much of a well i, I guess there is a pretty big tie-in between the employment market and the economy but what are the takeaways for you oh yeah sure i mean I, I, you know i'm biased i'm a labor economist so like I, you know <laughs> like employment numbers are what we primarily focus on and you know some of the other economic measurements for alaska are uh, kind of volatile with with oil prices so you you can get line a, a little bit lost in in the change in those and, and think the sky's falling when really it's just one sector which is not to say that you know that's not an important sector but yeah we have some upsides you know like um uh federal government um infrastructure funding um those projects you know that yet to be seen exactly what what's going to happen there um some oil and gas projects you have uh some mining expansion i'm just talking like primary uh, driver sectors stuff not secondary stuff um uh yeah so yeah you know it's kind of the 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 same story that alaska's had for quite some time um and yeah i mean i think things are stabilizing and the pandemic didn't help um you know, it, it's essentially extended the, you know, the, what we were kind of already dealing with, but yeah, I think going forward, you know, there's, there's some reasons to be optimistic about, you know, uh, the economy and, uh, you know, employment. It's not going to be, I, you know, I don't think we're, we're talking like uh, levels of expansion that, you know, Idaho and, and Utah are seeing, but there's different reasons for that, you know, so we're not, we're not those states. 
but there's also, you know, some challenges too. Um, and again, those are, I think, kind of longstanding issues that uh, need to be looked at differently maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a big, long, gnarly history about development in Alaska. And um, I mean, you need to go, like, speaking to the listener, you need to go read um, read some books about the, um, like, it's a, it's a really, it's a riveting read talking about the bureaucratic development of Alaska. <clears throat> but you go and you read it back and forth, and there's just a whole history of all these missed opportunities to really develop Alaska and you know, there's a lot of um, speculation that uh, um, had Alaskan development really been more on point and uh, had Alaska not been front and center in so many party political debates back and forth over its development, we'd probably be in a completely different place than we are now. But, you know, here we are. But uh, one thing I just wanted to ask you real quick, though. Mm hmm. <clears throat> did you see anything in the research that really surprised you? That's a good question. Um, you know, like the the economies move slowly, right? They they don't change. Oh, it's funny that you say that with the pandemic, but normally economies are kind of you know slow moving, you know iceberg kind of situation, big ship. You know, the 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 structures don't change overnight. Um, obviously, you get a big shock, and that can affect things. But you know, I think the 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 patterns in the projections have been pretty pretty stable and pretty steady um uh you know we'll see i think coming out of this if there's any any structural changes that resulted from the pandemic and i hate to harp on that but you know it's still <laughs> a big component of the data and 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 how things are are kind of working their way out but yeah no i mean um I, I maybe maybe that is the big takeaway that I, that I get is you know like that this stuff is is relatively slow to change um and and the types of patterns we see and the movements we see and people changing occupations and and that kind of stuff are all you know kind of just the the normal operations of a, an economy and, and you know the 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 aggregate measure of individual decisions um you know, typically are, you know, not that different year to year or, you know, maybe even decade to decade. People are always, you know, looking to improve their, you know, their position in life. Uh, you know, people get more education, uh, you know, opportunities exist as people kind of ch change and move, move throughout the, the labor market and the economy itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating thing. Um, even if it's not as a, uh, you know, maybe dynamic on the whole, you know, in, in the whole, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's slow to move, but yeah, it's, it's, it is all very interesting. And I, and I would plug um, trends for the listeners. I mean, it's, I think it's approachable economic data. And if you're really interested, we have a search function on our website. And, you know, if you're, if you're interested in an industry or an area um, and, you know, even when we, we have lots of, uh, you know, regional profiles, um, you can just type in the the place that you're maybe considering and and pull up some interesting facts about it and, and you know it could be a good starting point for for learning about something in a kind of a, a condensed concise uh you know digestible uh, little article yep 
Really glad that you brought that up because yeah, it's, it's a great resource and you guys hear me kind of talk about um, some of these industries and you'll hear me, hear me quoting stats and everything. Well, this is exactly where I get it from. So I'm not just, not just Googling it. I'm trying to go to the, the source with, that has as, as much authority on the topic as anything else does. But, yeah. A lot of times the only, <laughs> the only yeah. uh, source, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, and we're open to questions too. You know, if readers have something that, that they want to know specifically, you know, you can call around the office. You know, there's a demographic unit if you're really interested in that kind of stuff. Um, the regional economists, statewide economists, myself, you know, it's, uh, you can look us up on our website, find phone numbers and email addresses. And- Outstanding. Well, we'll make sure to include those in the show notes. But uh, Paul, thank you very much for contributing your expertise here. <laughs>